Welcome to the Charlatans Podcast. Your guests are coming over. What is the first thing you're cleaning and hiding away? In this episode, we examine the anxiety that arises when we have guests and our homes are on display. What are we trying to prove by being perceived a particular way? Why is the home at the center of that? What is even happening? This began as a conversation about coping with anxiety, but transitioned into a discussion around social perception, creative expression, and The Sims. Thank you, as always, to Seller Studio 39 for producing this episode. Here's how we're going to start this. Hi, everyone. This is started, and let me tell you, we love y'all so much, and we love this podcast so much that this is the second time we're recording this episode. And we had some audio issues, and I'm still recording. This is Madeline, by the way. Hey, hi, what's up? I'm still recording remotely from Elise and Alyssa due to pandemic reasons. And I was in a 90-degree room recording this podcast for you. The physical sacrifices that you had to endure. It is worth it, baby girls, guys, non-binary pals. Yes. It is so worth it. Let me tell you, Elise, tell me how worth it this is. We knew we had something. All right. We knew we had something. Like this, literally at the end of recording the episode, we were like, oh, that was oh, so shit. Good. I can't believe it went there. That was deep. That was yeah. good. We were yeah. impressed with oh. ourselves. I, I always know when an episode hits a certain nerve when we begin overthinking it the next day because it's kind of like you get really drunk the night before and then you get home and you go to sleep and then you wake up and you're like, oh my God, what did I do last night? That's that is podcasting. Genuinely, genuinely that is podcasting. Podcast it is, hangover. It is that yeah. cathartic where you're like, whoa. It's therapy. It, it and, is. And guess what? We lost it. We lost it And now it we all. get to do it all over again, my friend. So let's do this. Elise. All right. So what are we talking here. about today? We're here. This is Elise. How are you guys doing? My question for you guys today is, the guests are coming over. What are you running to hide? This is Alyssa. Um, I would be hiding all things clutter. To me, everything has to have a place, whether it's meant to be there or I can just make it look like it's supposed to be there. Everything has to look like it's in the place that it's meant to be. For me, it's, sorry if this is TMI, but it's like the hair in the sink in the bathroom. Oh my God, it's the worst. <laughs> Like, anywhere. Hair anywhere. Yeah. If 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 there is an errant hair, I feel so <laughs> uncomfortable on the behalf of my guests. And this is... I errant hair is my favorite garage band from the 1985 high Oh my gosh. What is the band? Errant hair. <laughs> this is a fun thing we like to do. When someone says a fun phrase, Madeline will be like, oh, metal band from the 80s. Blah blah blah. You obviously do it way better. That's and it why started. It's it started from <laughs> like I always liked going through the library stacks and looking at the titles <laughs> of books and trying to come up with what the title be relevant as another subject. So it would be like the Silmarillion is my favorite <laughs> opening act for the Lumineers. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. So it was just something funny like that anyway anyway but errant hairs errant hairs i have cats so i've basically set myself up for eternal failure and doom um and so literally i had a few friends don't exaggerate over. elise 
that's how it feels in my anxious mind. I had a few friends coming over several months ago for literally like an outdoor event, but I knew they'd be coming in and this is before COVID, but like I knew they'd be coming in my house for, you know, using the bathroom or whatever. And I must have spent all day cleaning my house and anyone who has a child under the age of five or a child period understands how difficult it is to solo clean your house with a child around is just not going to happen. And I literally sent myself into a panic attack where I'm like texting my husband, like cancel everything. I can't do this. There's too much hair. I like, I worked myself into a tizzy. Like what the hell is my problem? I really like that. The thought is there's too much hair. (laughs) I do like, I, I have, I, I don't know why, but I'm, I'm like still losing hair on a daily basis from like post having a baby. Like my child's almost three at this point. Like why hasn't it stopped? Someone just explain that to me. It never will. It never will. I think that's really funny because I have the exact same reaction. Joseph, not very often, but he'll like, we'll be like at a restaurant with a couple, right? Like having a great time. Be like, why don't you come back over? I'll be like, <gasps> oh my God. There is no battle plan <laughs> for this. How dare you? I, How dare you? I, I have not. Hands Dustin, on deck. I was like, and he'll be like, I just invited them for a fire outside, but someone will have to pee. Someone mm. will break the seal. Yep. And then they have to walk through. And it's like that, like if I invite people over, and yep. I like to invite people over, but it is like, listen, at 11 o'clock, we're doing this. By noon, this must be done. By three o'clock, we're going to take a 20 minute cat nap to power up to have people over. And I'm, I'm like, there's a post it schedule. Damn. Can you guys see the stick up my ass right yes. now? A little Wait, bit. It- you're not supposed to say yes. <laughs> You asked me. I was asking that. <laughs> that was a audience rhetorical. who doesn't respond. But that here's was a the rhetorical thing. question. Here's the thing. Alyssa's house is always oh so beautifully clean, even when it's just like a quick stop by. You know, we, like she knows it's just her her girls. Like we've seen it all. It's fine. Her house is always really put together. Every item has a place. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's out of place, but they have kids. But it's like elegantly out of place. No, like, oh, I would expect to see that. I feel and like I, my house is a cold case oh file of my anxiety. <laughs> I mean, if that's the case, it's working for you, man. Like every time, again, pre-COVID, we would come over for our, our movie night slash book club. I feel like. I I just have eternal shame. Like my house never looks like this, and no matter here's how hard I try. Here's the thing. Last time when we recorded this episode, we're re-recording it. This is like after knowing that I had to go on vacation and Alyssa was coming to my house to watch my cats. And I did not have time to clean. I did not have time to even like write out a note of how to take care of my cats. And I know that she's coming into my house knowing what her house is like. And I know what stresses her out and I know what stresses me out, but I couldn't get it done. And I'm like, God damn it. And then I was actually watching Alyssa's cat the next weekend. And I go there and there's this beautiful note (laughs) and a gift bag. What? individual instructions on how to take care of their one cat and like the food's all stacked up nice and everything's clean and I'm like god dang it and what's the best thing is now we're recording this episode Elise is watching my cats <laughs> and I still my okay. house is a disarray I have not learned my lesson your house your house may be dirty but I expect a gift basket God damn. The thing is, I don't, now I'm stressed out. No. Hey, Alyssa, I'm re-gifting your gift you gave me to Alyssa. (laughs) But you know what's funny? It's because when I had cats sit for you before, you've given me gifts. I was like, this must be a thing we do. This must be an etiquette thing. 
it's a long I'm time. Hor- I'm horrible. I'm horrible with anticipating when gifts are appropriate as an adult. Like, it's just a problem. I need to get. I just wanted to show that I love you. I mean, I was leaving for a week, so I was like, "That's twice a day, every day." Damn. I'm gonna get her some fuzzy socks and a bottle of wine. There you go. Like she did. Drink it in my house if you want. That is fine. (laughs) Pop your feet up on the sofa. Open up that bottle of wine. That's fine. Look at a plant. It's fine. So the first thing I think of when people come over and I want to hide. I cannot, because my back door is my front door, pretty much. People come in through my back door, and you enter in through my kitchen, and you first thing you see is the sink. <laughs> uh, oh, God. I mean, I'm stressed out just thinking about it. If there are dishes in that sink, you can smell it. Like, if there's a dish rack up there, if the dishwasher is, like, half open, oh, my gosh, I stress out so bad, so bad. I hate it. Or, oh my gosh, if there's pots on the stove that are not cleaned. (laughs) I feel that. There are always pots on my stove. My blood pressure right now is ridiculous. But why do I care so much? Like, everybody has dirty dishes. But I just want it to be nice. I think for me, the reason I care so much is because I don't know when this happens, but at some point, a dirty house is no longer... I perceive that a dirty house is no longer acceptable. Like when you went over to your friend's houses in like college, you were like, oh, you know, whatever. I just got home from the weekend. Like my laundry's everywhere, blah, blah, blah. There are always reasons that justify the mess. And now as, as I'm an adult, I have my own home. It's like, this is the projection of myself as a quote, capable adult. If I can't keep my home in order, then does that imply that every other area of my life is in similar disarray? I don't want to project that image. See, and that I am so concerned with the way that people perceive me, I will put on whatever front I need to. 100%. And there, what I have found is that there's like this kind of fine line between putting in a front and what actually like brings you calm. So having things clean and organized actually really helps my anxiety because it lends me predictability, which I depend on. Especially but am now. I letting am I letting it control me and overwhelm the situation? Um, you know, sometimes I catch myself. I'm running around trying. I'm staying up until eleven o'clock the night before to make sure my floors are washed before people show up. But is that because I'm trying to provide a clean environment that people feel comfortable in, or is it because I want people to think I have this all together? Mm-hmm. I can't. You know, my kids' toys are like organized into bins that are labeled. My kids don't give a damn about that, but I am kind of convinced it makes me feel better because now I know where the toys can go away and my house is straightened up at the end of the night. But if someone sees that, maybe they think I'm going to think I'm like a badass mom who has it together. And we really, do. I'm just anal. But the thing is, it's like you're making yourself sleep deprived in order to calm your anxiety the next day. Mm. And you'd rather be exhausted knowing that th- your floors are clean than be in the middle of a gathering and look down and be like, there's that coffee spot. Because that's what I struggle with. At what point do I stop and rest when honestly, like I'm picking up after a toddler and like doing my own like work all day. At what point do I just like let that pile of dishes sit there because I need to rest and I need to go to sleep? Well, that's my struggle. What point do we like just stop worrying about all of that? Do you know what I mean? Why can't I just keep things clean and organized? Because that makes me feel better. 
but I'm worried people are going to think this about me. Or why do I care what people think about me? I am the, the day my grandfather passed away, my grandparents lived in this very big house and my Grammy is very much like this. My family, we were pretty messy growing up. We were, we were pretty, I don't know, family of three, like we just, like three kids. There's a lot going on. But my Grammy always taught me, you never leave the house with dirty dishes. And when my grandfather died, you know, he was sick for a while and their house wasn't as clean as they normally keep it. And I remember the day he died, big family, we all gather at the house. Everyone's sitting around telling stories. We're sad. We're upset. We're feeling all the emotions. And what do I do? I start washing all their floors. I moved furniture out of rooms. I would like make my uncles like get up and move, like move this china cabinet. Because to me, I had to do something. I had to clean. I had to serve. I had to make this room be the way I know my grandmother would want it. But she couldn't do it right now That's because really of ailments and sickness. But looking back, I think like in a house full of 25 people, I was the crazy person like on my knees scrubbing floors hours after my grandfather has died. Mm-hmm. But who cares what other people think what I was doing in that moment? That moment made me feel better to handle my grief. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like where we project Madeline who the hell cares if there are dirty dishes in your sink you know what I mean like I I do see but it gets to us and Mm -hmm. I think that's like are we is it helping us or are we letting like others and their judgments and projections like Mm -hmm. handle that yeah I think in that moment it's it's definitely a I don't want to keep using the word projection but like we're so focused on the other person's experience that we are very willing to let our own go. So I think about like if I have someone come over and there are dishes in my sink, I I feel like my main goal as a host is to make people feel comfortable in my home. But how much of my own comfort and my own like inner peace am I willing to sacrifice to make that happen for someone else who's not really going to be in my house a long time? And it's not their house. It's not the space that they live in. It's not the space they're responsible for. Like, what is my responsibility there? I'm not saying like you just like let your house go to shit and, you know, have it be roaches everywhere, but the errant dish in the sink is not going to, you know, make your friends believe that you're this like lazy adult. I don't want to be perceived as a lazy adult. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for me, because I was a new homeowner and I'd never had a space big enough to have anybody over, it's become very, very important to me to set mm-hmm. a precedent to what, how, well, one, I'm figuring it out how I want to present myself in my house. And my house is a project house and I had half painted walls when people came over and I had to let it go because again, I don't have the physical capability to get things done in one shot. People are coming over. I have to let it go. But when it comes to the basic cleanliness of my home, I want to set a precedent that I'm not a dirty person no matter how hard the week has been. And that's just not true. Mm -hmm. But I know that once I can push myself to clean my house or work as a team with my husband to get things done and have people come over, my mind can relax and I can enjoy my people rather than feeling that sense of doubt And again, just seeing out of the corner of my eye, something I forgot to do because my brain is constantly looking around and seeing a giant to-do list. Mm -hmm. I never shut off my to-do list and it's to the point of unhealthiness and it's 
not just for presentation, I feel like that's absolutely going to hinder my guest's experience. Mm-hmm. And it's not. I'm putting way too much weight on someone noticing something. And if someone did notice something and they were someone who would judge me, why are they in my life that way? Mm-hmm. And why do I give that credence? Because I'm going to have Elise over at my um, house this weekend and take care of my cats. My house is going to be a disaster. Just so you know, I know how beautiful her home is and I have to let it go. <laughs> but Like, <laughs> like I then- just have to let it go. And even as you're saying that, like, literally, I actually feel relief that you're telling me, oh, my house is going to be a mess. It's like, oh, hmm, mine hasn't been that ship shape either. Like, again, I have a kid. I've gotten back from, like, two mini vacations in the past month. Like, I just am not able to take care of everything that That's I want to where for I'm a hitting lot of various too. reasons. I'm not giving you know, myself that grace, but let me tell you yeah. how many errant hairs there are on my floors. <laughs> I'm, I'm That's been be getting me this time right. Oh my God, good luck. You're just going <laughs> to hang out with my cat for a long time. Oh That's God. what you're going to do. But at what point do I give myself grace? And like Alyssa, you're talking mm-hmm. about like, that's how you coped. That's how you quell your anxiety. It makes you feel better. But at what point is a coping mechanism seen as a crutch? A crutch? Yeah. For a bad sort of habit that you have to just because you have to do it and it makes Mm -hmm. me feel better but why does that have to make you feel better I've always in your life I've always perceived and now I'm I'm specifically viewing this topic through the lens of my home and of course this can be applied to many other things but like absolutely my work desk yeah sure like my a house a property for me has always been historically portrayed as the pinnacle of success in the American dream. Owning that property, owning a home signifies that like you worked hard, you were able to buy a home, and now your time should be dedicated to keeping this thing pristine. I have internalized that because that's what I saw in my own family. My mother kept our house immaculate. And I always remember that was the biggest source of my tension with my mom because the way that she project, projected her or the way that she presented her home was so riddled with stress and anxiety. And then here I am as an adult engaging in those same behaviors and mentalities that I rejected as a teen that I didn't, I didn't want to do as an adult. And here I am doing that as an adult. That's and really introspective. I it's just it's it's weird how we like in this space of these objects that we have or this material projection of our capabilities, how how personally we take all of that. Well, and I think it's interesting we're we're very focused on our homes and we're all homeowners and we all worked really hard to like get our homes. Um and when you work so hard for something, you should feel like you fit in mm-hmm. and how we're all talking about like anxiety and basically imposter syndrome in the space we occupy. Your mm-hmm. home is supposed to be your safe zone. The area you design it, decorate it, shape it the way that best fits your needs. And yet here we are talking about how our safe zone makes us feel like an imposter too, whether You know, I feel like some of us are saying we put that on ourselves and we are making ourselves feel like we're not good enough for our home um, and we have to keep projecting a certain way. 
or whether we're so focused on on others. Like Madeline, what I think what you were really what was interesting about what you were saying is like worried about the experience of your guests. Like in that moment, you are foregoing even your own mental health because you're so concerned with others. And like you're saying, why is that our first thought? Why is our first thought about others in my home? Mm -hmm. This is my safe space. This is where I'm creating my my nuclear family and my environment and my safety. But yet we're still pushing ourselves to make sure, well, my safety actually really doesn't matter. It's about your safety, your comfort. You into my space needs to be okay. Well, that's that's where I have to kind of maybe clarify a bit more. The way I've always dreamed about having my own space, whether an apartment or condo, townhouse, home, whatever, was I want someone to come into my house and feel like it could be theirs in that moment. Not like they could live here indefinitely, but I wanted to be a place where they would walk in and feel safe and not stressed out. And I know it'll be a bit more tactile, a bit more obvious to me what's wrong or what's dirty or whatever. But I wanted to create an experience for someone when they walk in my house that they feel better and they don't know why. And if I feel like I'm not able to do that, I feel like I'm not in that moment loving my friend mm. or loving my guest. And maybe that's really neurotic, but that's always been a dream of mine is to have a place where someone could feel restored in my house when they leave and they don't know why, or they know that it's messy, but put together and they like looking at different things that is different every time or there's cute cats to play with or like but they didn't get distracted or hung up on oh I, I remember when I'm walking in it smells bad and you might not remember that but you're experiencing that and that contributes to your overall mood inside the house you know and again it's a bit more specific because I know what's wrong with my house but mm -hmm. I hope you know what I'm saying and I, I'm trying to live that out like having that New Year's party was big. I wanted to create an experience. And it's kind of like what I do for my job, right? For for library patrons, when I put on a program, I want them to come into the library, feel like it's their space, and they're having an experience that they came here for. And it's different from another library or another portion of the library or what they did that day. It's an escape, but it doesn't have to be an event. Mm -hmm. Yeah, managing expectations of that experience in your own space whether it be your safe space or not, it's it's tricky. Let me tell you a story while you gain your thoughts. Uh, on that note, um, my husband's friends from California came and visited, and I didn't realize how many people were coming over. <laughs> and it was social distancing outside, but these are friends from California who had never seen our house before. Like, they have never been mm -hmm. able to come out here. And they were only going to be here for a little while. And Michael wanted to give them a quick tour with masks on. I was in another area of the house, completely safe, whatever. And I find this out 45 minutes before they come. They come. And I have to help, you know, get things ready for outside, put out chairs, yada, yada. And I shove everything I can find. Because this is my first impression of my house from the best friends from California coming. And I shove everything in my dining room closet because I have an old house with a dining room closet. What does Michael open to show the cool drawers in the closet? No. no. 
Why do you need to show the closet? I was mortified. Here I am because Michael's on his way home from work. I'm doing everything to prepare the house to be presentable. And Michael's way more relaxed about it. But it's my home too. Mm-hmm. I I can't even tell you what my brain did because it's already <laughs> malfunctioning now. But it was like all my clutter is in that closet. All the papers, the mail, oh. computer parts, probably a cat toy or five. <laughs> oh my god! Like what am I? Errant plants. I errant plants. But I keep thinking like drink every time you hear the word errant in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but all of a sudden, Elise is going to be like, errant hair. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a horrible ASMR. Like, that is the worst. Um, but it had me thinking of, like, what kind of stuff did I throw in there? Like, I put in random home decor I wasn't actively using. Alyssa, I know you have a good story about what you were finding tons of in your desk. Oh. Okay, so this goes back to my whole being totally type A personality, before I ever start the school year, I go on like a rampage of cleaning throughout my house because somehow I'm convinced if I start off with like every closet and drawer in my house clean, the school year will be better. And in the middle of a pandemic, there's nothing you can do to make the school year better. <laughs> no. I'm but sorry to laugh, but it's, it's, just, it's just, it's so you're dark. Just, you hold on to anything. You're like, this is my routine and I'm just going to do it anyway. And Joseph knows that week before school, you just let me like go around with the label maker and just lose my mind because it's how I'm processing the end of the world. And I'm cleaning out my desk. And my desk in our house is usually the place we throw all of our crap on. But when I had to go like remote learning in the spring, I had to really use my desk. And I threw all kinds of stuff in there just because we got thrown into this awful world. And I'm cleaning it out. The shit you find in a desk 39 packets of post-it notes. Not individual. Not individual. Packets. Packets. There could be three sets of post-it notes in that packet. I didn't even count those. It's like one of those moments you're like, this might be a sign I have a problem. (laughs) And in the moment, I'm like, hey, I'm an adult. Office supplies are expensive. You got to save this stuff. Yeah. I have six different sizes of envelopes. Why? Why? I don't know. We pay all of our bills electronically, but apparently I need all of these. <laughs> I have like, there's like the one left over from the Christmas card three years ago, but you never know. I, that's what I'm hearing in my head. You just never know when you're going to oh need it. Oh my gosh. It. That phrase is, yeah, is evil. Like, it is. Oh my gosh. I can't tell you how many different types of stationery I have. Where do I oh. store it? Mm-hmm. Stationary is a hard one. Damn it, yeah. TJ Maxx. I, yeah. Every that, time. That phrase reeks of privilege. A, that you have the space to store that stuff somewhere. And B, that you can contemplate a situation wherein I'm going to need an errant envelope. There you go, guys. Take a shot for that errant word. For me, it's always the like State Farm or like AA. I don't know why I get Are so you much gonna mail. Say AARP? <laughs> I get oh my gosh. I get so much mail from the AARP and I don't know why because I am not because she's their a target genuinely retired old soul. Yes. Do you I, look through it? I do sometimes. We get the magazine sometimes. I'm like, 
like, that looks like a nice place to vacation. Don't. Don't. You'll On get a Viking river cruise. Like, it reminds me of those Cialis commercials where the couple's in the bathtub <laughs> holding hands. And it's just like on a postcard and Lisa's like, huh. But it's always some like immaculately trimmed like white couple with like silver hair and like this is like perfect projection of and your elderly And they're smiling. Age. And they're smiling. Right. And there's like yes, a they got their bubbles. diner discount. That does not warrant <laughs> that big of a smile. They got their senior 65 cent copy at McDonald's. No, but like I always get sent the mailing labels from like State Farm and AARP and they're always really cute. Like some kind of plant or like sometimes the American flag. And I'm like, I'm going to save these because I do write letters. But it's like, let's be realistic, Elise. I don't send this many letters. And it's like you said, I I call or I pay my bills online. Like this is just not, I don't need this. This is a PSA to use those envelopes, buy some stamps, and support the United States Postal Service. 100%. In this time. It's Please COVID. do. Send a couple letters to people. Snail who mail far has away been wonderful. And guess who's been using her freaking stationery? <laughs> Thank goodness. But speaking yeah. of mailing labels, I heard from a little birdie. That oh my gosh! A- <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Wait, finish this. What? No, what? you know that you were. At least you were part of this conversation. So while cleaning out my desk, apparently I also have some address label issues. Oh, yes. Okay. I forgot about this. In the back corner, I pull off, you know, the address label stickers. And this is like the return address sticker. And for whatever reason, it has my friend's first and last name and her address as a return label. And I sent her a text like, did I have to print this for you sometime? And she's like, why the hell do you have that? I was like, I have no idea why Literally, I have 40 she's very stickers with your return address Literally, on so it. that's very funny. all she said. She's like, why do you have that? And we were all just like, cricket, 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 cricket. <laughs> because as like, I think she'll agree, she's not a person you would send a letter to. That's just not no. something that she's interested in. But why would you have her do this address Christmas like- cards? And I have 40 stickers for it. So I'm thinking... If I may indulge this story, there were three missing from this entire sheet. There were missing? I didn't even pay attention (laughs) to that. There were three (laughs) missing. That's so much creepier. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, marriage? So like wedding invitation slash bridal shower slash baby shower. But then I'm like, exactly. So then I'm like, she didn't know her when she got married and had a bridal shower. What the hell? So it is still a mystery in the Charlatans podcast. Why Alyssa had these mailing labels for our specific it's friend. It's super disturbing. <laughs> I it's love a friendship like, I do not want. Just wanting that declared, Alyssa, do not make me mailing labels. It makes you question your entire life. You're like, where did I go wrong here? But it was like the same font that we used at the library. So I was like, was I this know. when you worked at the library? But why would you send it to her home? Her home. Also, why would I? Keep why would you send it from her home? Someone that I haven't worked with in eight years. You were sending I've it moved from twice. her home. I love this story so much. This story. Oh my god! A lot. I'm gonna switch so, it. Switch it up. When I had roommates, if they any of them listen, I was the dirtiest. Like I was just, I was grungy. It was gross. So I have redeemed. I've repented of my ways. I see. I can't even street. imagine that. Oh, it was bad. Yeah. I was bad. It was gross. I try wow. to black it out. Yeah, I've always been neat, but it's like I want things to be clean. It's okay if there's mess. 
Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like, I do yeah. not need my house looking like a magazine. I want it to be looking lived in because I live in it, and that's okay. But if there is an errant hair... <laughs> shot. Clean shot, it. Shot, See, shot, shot, shot. I, I don't know. I feel like I've always, I've always tied myself to my space because I am so obsessed with the aesthetics. Anyone who knows me will know. Obsessed. I, I want my space to be... Black and white. Like, Black and white. Uh, Literally. Yes, but like, not not even like the specifics, but just that I can like I can take a picture anywhere in my house and like pop it right on Instagram, and it's gonna be fine. There's my not girl. saying that not saying that I do this to be like Instagram famous. I'm just saying I really like the beautification of follow spaces bungalow I, on Blaine. <laughs> I literally haven't posted on that account since Joseph put my floors in in, in like June 2019. Uh, anyway, I yeah I just I'm sorry I got sidetracked. I just really, I pour so much of myself into my spaces that it is a literal extension of my identity. And if someone comes over and it's not how I want it to look. Yep. It's a creative expression. Yes. And so the creative expression of myself and my space is a huge deal for me. And I've never admitted this, but as I'm sitting here thinking, I'm realizing that I almost want people to want that in their own space. And that's why I want it to be perfect. Yes, I love not, knowing about someone's life by walking right. into their space. Yeah, like I, I want to be experienced by you coming into my house. And if it's messy, you're just like, oh, that's a pile of like shoes I've got to step over. It's like that's not, that's not a like that's just not me at my like artistically creative self. And my space is the number. I one feel way that where I can. I feel you know that what? very much. I've never ever thought of it like that. And that's mind-blowing I mean, I to me. I don't consider myself a creative person, so I do not see my home as a creative space. Mm. Because I don't see myself as someone who, like, creates and makes things, and then I, I put it out into the world to enjoy. This mm. podcast is the first thing I could ever say, like, I'm creating this and putting it out for the enjoyment of an audience. Where I feel like creative people are more used to that. Mm. At least with your, your graphic design and Madeline with your makeup artistry and your all the other things you always do to like produce for enjoyment, mm-hmm. right? Where I f- don't feel naturally inclined that way. So I view my home as more of... It's utilitarian? It serves a purpose to please others. Mm. So it See, is utilitarian, that- but it serves a purpose to raise my home in. Okay, yeah. To invite people over. It's not a space where I... I mean, I'm not saying, like, my house is bare. Like, it has things in it that I like and I enjoy, but I'm not using it as a way to artistically show myself. Mm-hmm. Or at least maybe I am, and I just don't think of it that way. That's that's the point. You, you absolutely 100% yeah. are, as a couple, showing with your studio, with your home, with your every portion of your home. You are providing an extension of yourself. Alyssa is the type that will label a toy bin. She's organized. She prioritizes. I will look at the books on someone's shelf or where their plant is placed or how their furniture is set up. Is it artsy and askew Mm -hmm. or is it, 
kind of how you would expect in modular. Like that is such an yeah. extension. And what color palettes do you use? Do you like use a little bit of everything like me? Are you black and white with a pop of color like Elise? Or are you comfortable, cozy palette like Alyssa? Like that is mm-hmm. absolutely a creative extension. And yes. I've been I've been telling Alyssa for ages and she's like, nah, you guys are the creative ones. But no, Alyssa is absolutely mm-hmm. a creative person. And what's interesting is I think we're slowly converting you to see it. Yes. But Alyssa, if you were not a creative person and if you didn't have, I I mean, obviously everyone has an ounce of creativity. We wouldn't be able to be functioning adults without that. But if you didn't have a creative outlet, you would not have cared to replace the wallpaper that was in your house when you moved in. Oh, God. Anyone who see would need to replace the McDonald's kitchen. Emotional response to how that looked. That's true, but I guess I don't see of it as a way. I get. Mm, I'm trying to think of how I want to phrase this. I think I the think, way you phrased it was like you want people to come in and enjoy this artistic expression, and I do it like I guess I would say it's like something I do for myself. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather look at my white walls than the cherry wallpaper that was in my dining room. Mm-hmm. I I think I think some some I think the difference that you're identifying for yourself is that creatives as we have come to know them have this drive to have that expression in just about every area of your life whereas others who may not identify as a creative don't necessarily feel that drive but still have that creative well said uh, output in their life you're just I think more aware of the way it's coming out yes Mm -hmm. because we have Uh, to be yes that is a need I feel it's a need I oh I like that I remember my thought. I really feel that. I wish I said it. That's how good it is. I think it's interesting the way we are naturally drawn to creating our own spaces. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of like 10-year-old Alyssa who loved playing The Sims and creating a space. The Sims? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Alyssa, (laughs) side tangent. What what age did you start playing The Sims? Oh, my God. You play The Sims? Fifth grade. I remember it was fifth grade because my best friend had it, and like literally our sleepovers, I would just sit next to her and. That's watch what her I did with my friend. That's what I did with my friend. That's so and funny because I, I didn't have it either. And begged and begged my parents for the Sims, and when I finally got it, I feel like Sims like two was out or something, like or the extension pack. So I got like the very first version because it was cheaper. But I was so excited to finally have this, I would lose myself. But I think that natural urge is really interesting that we already have that to create. I wanted nothing more than Lizzie McGuire's bedroom or Pinterest. Mm-hmm. When Pinterest came out, it was like, I'm going to make a board for every imaginary room I can possibly think of 100%. that I don't have yet because I'm still living in a college dorm room with four other people. But like, yeah. it's this need to create and absorb and design. And mm-hmm. I really do think. And show off. And yeah. show off and talk and discuss. Like, before we started podcasting and getting started today, I was already showing Elise like candles I want on Etsy. Like I'm 30 and still trying to show off, not show off, but like no, yeah. to, to, to share, connect and yeah. share about these things. Mm-hmm. Objects um, have a place to do that with. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think objects are really valuable in that they can be conversation pieces and reflect again, who you are and why you might have that object. That's an insight into your life. And it's just whether you want to project a certain way, way so you get certain types of objects because they're trendy, or is that because it meant something to you sentimentally? Mm-hmm. And that's a big difference. Like Lizzie McGuire, she was her. 
right? Mm-hmm. And we and admire that, that because that was her. You felt that authenticity so much. And I think that's what we were drawn to. It wasn't the pink. Yes. It wasn't her particular clothes. It wasn't exactly that exact same thing. It was just that, oh my God, I look at that room and I actually see her personality. And you desired that that feeling of being seen in your own space. Shout out to the set designer of Lizzie McGuire. Sure. 100%. And that's why I feel the same about clothing as well and, and any sort of object that I own. It's that I want it to be a little bit of an extension and sometimes utilitarian, but if I have the option to express myself in some way, I'm going to take it. Or if I have an mm-hmm. option of colors, I'm going to choose the one that's most... The one that I like, and we were just discussing before we started recording how rugs are so freaking expensive, and we have to get the right one because it's such a big thing in your room, right? But Mm. I've gotten to the point because I was so overwhelmed with exactly that idea where it needs to be an expression that I just had to get to a point where, you know what? It doesn't have to be. I want it to be warm, inviting people to come in, feel safe. Got it. I'm going to trust that I like something, so it belongs. So what are we smelling tonight, ladies? We have, um, it's called Bloom by Magnolia. Magnolia. The Magnolia Farms. The Magnolia. Um, found at Target. It's excellent. So everyone, we're talking about things that stress us out, but let's spin it positive. I want to know what is your favorite room in your house and why is it your favorite room? Or in your apartment, what is your favorite thing you like people to see or show off or that you like to just have a conversation about? Let us know. Take a picture of it. We'll feature it on our Instagram or on one of our feeds. Definitely not Twitter because for some reason we still are not using it. I'm mm. so sorry for the, all those who like tweeting. But um, Elise, where can they send all that information? You can send it to us on Instagram at charlatanspod or email us at charlatanspod at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook. Just search The Charlatans Podcast. And if you have time, please, please, please review us on Apple Podcasts. I know we have to add that on the end, but again, it makes a big difference. And we're starting to get reviews on there. And let me tell you, it is making my day. I was surprised at how touching some of these reviews are and we'll feature them on a later episode because it's fueling our imposter syndrome but also dismantling it one review at a time so if you have time please review us other than that we will see you on the next listen 